today on Broadway for Friday, September 6, 2019. I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. And I am Broadway stars James Marino. Hi, James. Welcome back. I'm Ashley. glad you could make it while Matt's off watching some Evita. You let down your people, Matt Tamanini. Yeah, Matt. You're supposed to be immortal. <laughs> That's all they wanted. Not much yeah. to ask for. Oh, boy. We could do the whole show with you just singing, Evita. Oh, that would be awesome. It would be. But we actually have so much news to get to today. So. And we don't want everybody to unsubscribe. Also <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> so I, instead of that, I'm going to jump straight in. <clears throat> Our biggest news story yesterday came straight from River City in a Schubert theater to be named later. Four, count them, four Tony winners will join the cast of the upcoming revival of Meredith Wilson's classic The Music Man. As reported earlier yesterday morning, Jane Howdyshell, Jefferson Mays, Schuler Hensley, and Marie Mullen will join the principal cast. The quartet will join the already announced two Jackmen, who will play Harold Hill, and Sutton Foster, who will play Marion, Madam Librarian, Peru. The Scott Rudin-produced revival is scheduled to begin previews on September 9th, 2020, as I said, a Schubert venue to be announced at a later date. Opening night is set for October 15th. Rudin will be reuniting his Hello Dolly creative team for the production, including director Jerry Zaks. Additional casting will be announced later. James, <laughs> I know a lot of people are excited about this revival, which I'm already not the biggest fan of The Music Man. Matt and I have talked in the past about some of Scott Rudin's producing decisions, most expansively the West Side Story casting. I know the two of you have had many more conversations over the years about Mr. Rudin. Uh, the two conversations I heard yesterday in regards to this news, and they can both simultaneously be true, were one about what great choices Howdy Shell and Mays are, which, yes, but also, you know, I will never understand how and what will be the year 2020 we are putting on a classic musical where you could cast literally anybody at this point. A musical with selling power, especially when you put in Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster, and your principal cast is all white. You know, that's a uh, that's a very good question, and, and I wonder how Actors' Equity feels about this. Oh, I'm sure they I'm sure they have thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Equity has been, you know pushing diverse casting uh but i haven't really heard anything uh i'm not saying that equity hasn't done anything or hasn't brought this up but i'm very surprised that you know equity is an organization that might have a little bit of leverage here Mm -hmm. uh and i'm i'm right there with you and uh and uh it's very strange. It's, it's that, and it's also when you're claiming you're pushing for diverse casting, and this could either be Actors' Equity or Rudin or any producer for that matter, or casting director for that matter, what you're claiming, who, what part of your cast you're trying to make diverse. Is it your principal roles or your ensemble roles? And... You know, Rudin makes a lot of great decisions in the shows he produces, whether they sell out or not is a whole other story. I mean, you can look at King Lear and Gary. I was just going to say, yeah, King Lear and Gary. Yeah, truly great decisions. And then other shows like this, which are just so frustrating and exhausting. This is a show, as are all roundabout productions, where... 
so many of them fail where you have ample opportunity to make interesting, inspired choices, at the very least to be relevant in the current year. In a similar but different area, and you know, Deep Tran actually tweeted about this earlier, is that split between like the off-Broadway Little Shop of Horrors and the Pasadena Playhouse Little Shop that are mm, both happening yeah. this fall, where everyone was very excited when that off-Broadway cast was announced, self-included, if not mainly for Christian Borel. But then, what, like eight hours later, the Pasadena Playhouse announced their casting, and it was like, oh, that's what we could have had. It's not a stretch to change these roles, and for those who want, you know, it's the music man, for those who want to begrown historical accuracy or whatever. I speak for Mr. Matt Tamanitti, who earlier said that no one in turn, the in turn of the century, Iowa is rapping on trains or bursting into song either. <laughs> I think what's, I think what's likely to happen as is often the case, as I said earlier, like what part of the cast you're looking at, either your principal cast or your ensemble cast I think the principal cast will end up being all white, and then the ensemble cast will be diverse, and producers will find that acceptable, which is very insulting. I think your cast is not diverse or inclusive if your non-white actors are in the background. It's that simple. I wonder if uh, maybe, I guess we're missing the uh, Matt's uh, data retrieval system because you, you think about Carousel, which was uh, uh, which was ethnically diverse, um, the revi- the Carousel revival that Rudin produced, mm-hmm, right, uh, and a bunch Before... of the other Rudin projects that we've talked about. Uh, sure. So I wonder what the lowest con- common denominator is when we end up with all white casts. I was talking about that earlier with Matt. I would love to see the full data of all of Rudin Productions, what those principal casts look like. Someone who is significantly more into data journalism than I am should please get on that. <laughs> you know, we, Matt and I have j- joked uh, we need the 538 of Broadway to yeah. come together there. Well, someone, someone fund it. I'm on board. All right. Not a day goes by that I don't <laughs> So what do we have? Uh, Betrayal opened up at the Jacobs. So how did that go? Moving on to some happier news and some less feisty news, I guess. Last night on Broadway, the latest production of Harold Pinter's Betrayal opened on Broadway. Seems like not so long ago we had the last one. The new Jamie Lloyd-directed production, which is running at the Jacobs Theater, stars Tom Hiddleston, Zoe Ashton, and Charlie Cox, all making their Broadway debuts. And the reviews so far, as we're recording this the night before, are mostly positive. Ben Brantley of the New York Times named it a critic's pick, writing, With subsequent productions and a first-rate film in 1983, earlier naysayers began to perceive a creeping depth and delicacy in the work, which for me now ranks among Pinter's finest. Curiously, despite three-starry productions, Betrayal has never been done full justice on Broadway. Until now. Mr. Lloyd's interpretation balances surface elegance and an aching profundity so that betrayal becomes less about the anguish of love than of life itself. Specifically, I mean life as lived among people whom we can never truly know. That includes those closest to us. It also includes our own elusive selves. Marilyn Stasio of Variety also raves, calling it impeccable, and says of the precision of Lloyd's direction... 
Our eyes are always focused on the proper bit of minimalist action, a quick sideways glance, a casual crossing of the legs, while our heads are occupied with Pinter's layered thoughts. Of all Pinter's often puzzling works, this play is the one that clearly speaks to you, thinks for you, and may even feel for you. The only negative one so far I've seen on the other side of the coin, Adam Feldman, a timeout, calls the production capably acted but spare, gray, and chilly. Writing Pinter's bone-dry, stiff-lipped tale of infidelity relies upon the audience's faith. It effectively asks that we take its word for these characters are interesting and invest in them accordingly. But what if we don't? What if these three people, with their discreetly managed indiscretions, their idle gossip about common acquaintances in the literary world... Their occasional allusions to Yeats for a soup song of death. What if they merely bore us? James, I'm not too sure that I was excited to see this one going in, and I have tickets for tomorrow night, or tonight rather. After these reviews, I'm actually looking forward to seeing it, especially to see what Lloyd has done with the direction. You know, Adam Feldman, I think, was just looking for a reason to use soup song. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes, this is true. I'm seeing it on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And maybe uh, Peter and Michael, I'm not sure if they've seen it yet, but we can talk mm-hmm. about it on This Week on Broadway. If not Very this nice. week, then next week after uh, we've all seen it. So uh, it does sound like uh, I'm surprised because I usually fall in line with Adam Feldman. So I'm mm-hmm. surprised yeah, that the likewise. other raves uh, make me wonder how, you know, what, what my Sunday afternoon is going to be like. And my Friday evening, we'll have to find out. All right. What do we have in other news? We have so much other news. I want to run (laughs) through it quickly, starting with Signature Theater's production of The Young Man from Atlanta. As announced yesterday, Tony nominee Christine Nielsen and Emmy nominee Aidan Quinn will lead the cast of the off-Broadway revival of the Pulitzer Prize-winning play by Horton Foote. Nielsen and Quinn will star as Lily and Will, respectively, a couple in 1950s Houston, reeling from the death of their only child. The cast will also include Devin Abner, Dan Bittner, Pat Bowie, John Orsini, and Larry Pine, with additional casting to be announced. The show will run from November 5th to December 8th at the Irene Diamond stage. Always a fan of Christine Nielsen, so very much looking forward to seeing that. From New York City down to Washington, D.C., the Kennedy Center has announced its headliners for its upcoming production of Footloose. Jay Quinton Johnson, Isabel McCalla, Michael Park, and Rebecca Luker will join the production, which will be part of this season of the Center's Broadway Center stage series, which will also include Next to Normal and Bye Bye Birdie. Walter Bobby, who helmed the original Broadway production, will direct the KC production, which will run from October 9th to the 14th. We also got the first casting of the world premiere of the Mrs. Doubtfire musical, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. We've previously talked about an industry reading on the show, and Rob McClure, who led that reading, will star in the production at Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle. McClure is so far the only name announced in the cast, though other members of the reading were Kate Baldwin, Mario Cantone, and Michael James Scott, so we'll have to see if we can check any of those names off as well. With McClure in transit to Seattle for the production, which will run November 26th through December 29th, he will exit Broadway's Beetlejuice at the Winter Garden Theater, and David Josephsberg, who was last seen on Broadway in The Prom, will take over the role of Adam Maitland. The musical is expected to premiere on Broadway after its West Coast run, presumably with McClure still in the role if it all goes well. 
I'm a little bit 50-50 on this one, James. It's a, music, it's a movie that I loved growing up, but, you know, it's, 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 it's another one. It's another movie musical adaptation. And even though Matt ranted about it last night on the show as far as movie musicals. Yeah. Yeah, it's, this is going to be a one. This is one I expect to make it to Broadway, and one that I'm going to have to definitely wait and see about. I, you know, it's it sort of feels like a Tootsie is yeah. Tootsie and Doubtfire are definitely different properties, but they're so they're peas of the same similar, pod. similarly lined and it's, it's also another show with a it you know it's in the similar vein of tootsie it's also another show with an all-male creative yeah. team doing mm-hmm. very similar content so i hope they find some women to add to their creative team very quickly yeah absolutely <laughs> And last in the news, James, speaking of musicals that may come to Broadway, Michael Riedel's column this week has a scoop on a show currently flying under the radar that may find its way into a Broadway house soon. Riedel reports Sing Street, written by once playwright Enda Walsh, and which will begin previews at New York Theatre Workshop in November, is the next show to keep an eye on. Says Riedel, a staged reading for potential investors and Broadway theatre owners was held last weekend, and word of mouth is excellent. The musical is based on the 2016 Irish movie of the same name about a bully, a bullied kid who tries to impress a girl by telling her he's a songwriter and would like her to be in a video he's shooting, to which she agrees unexpectedly, and he must assemble a band to shoot the video, which sounds like a lot of fun to me. Getting the band back together. <laughs> yeah, part two. <laughs> that went well. Yeah, well... <laughs> Never forget. And, but, you know, a lot of what Riedel talked about in the column, James, essentially is, you know, don't count out the small musicals similar to Once, similar to Fun Home that have happened over the past decade and a half. And as Sing Street ends up at being added to those boards, it sounds like it could very easily become one of those little musicals that could. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Where we would have to pull out Matt's uh, spreadsheets to see what type of what type of house that would fit well into the never-ending spreadsheet. Yes, a small house. Gotta give it the haze. Or where was once? I don't remember. Ah, once I can't really recall off the top of my head, but I was thinking more. You know, what's going to happen in Circle in the Square? Mmm, the eternal question. Yes, exactly. (laughs) While we ponder that, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at KnowThisIsAshley. James, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, people can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Marino. Talking about the Twitter, did you see Kristen Chenoweth's... uh... She was harmonizing with the fire alarm. <laughs> yes. yes. I feel like she's done another one of those before, too, because I distinctly remember it, where she was trying to figure out what note it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. God bless her. Oh, uh, well, if you uh, have 15 seconds, get over to Kate Chenoweth uh, on the. Uh, Always. Just stay there. Twitter and uh, check out this video. It's very, very funny. And uh, so this weekend, uh, this week on Broadway, we will have Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia. And then on Monday, I guess we'll be back to Matt Tamanini and Ashley Steves. Yes, indeed. Have a great week. Bye now. Bye.